Thanks for listening, folks. You're listening to Slow County Public Policy and the Law. We're talking with your congressman, Salute Carpal. Well, Congressman, can I talk about one of the things closer to home that I think uh, you, you've been working very hard on, uh, the the Chumash or Selenian Marine Sanctuary proposal that would be just off our shores here. What One of the things I, I know you had proposed some time ago was a uh, bill that would allow for um, the transmission of electrical lines through uh, coastal waters uh, if there were offshore uh, wind generations. Uh, and that was several years ago, actually. Uh, my impression when I've gone to look at some of the statutes on uh, marine sanctuaries is that that those kinds of things are forbidden. Now, um, I know you've been working on this particular sanctuary. Uh, is uh, Since there are these leases offshore here for... Uh, wind turbines uh, up north of Cambria. Stu, let, how, Stu, let me help you how's that uh, work? with uh, this particular... Uh, there's two issues that you're yeah. talking about. Mm-hmm. One is the offshore wind uh, effort right. and project. As you know, the federal government for the first time sold leases off the Morro Bay area, off of San Luis Obispo County, yep. uh, to three companies uh, to be able to develop offshore wind because it is an area right for appropriate wind activity, and three companies bid and uh, were able to succeed in, in achieving those leases. They are now in the process of moving forward to submit their plans for developing those wind projects, floating uh, turbines off our coast, of, of course, and going through the environmental review to make sure that we understand those impacts and that the lesser option for moving forward are the ones that uh, exist and are adopted. Sure. At and, the same time... But they have to hook into the grid. Yeah. yeah. At, 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 either. At, the, at the same time, those projects are going to have to hook into the grid. Mm-hmm. And there are there's already infrastructure in two places. Right. One is Diablo Canyon Power Plant. Right. And the other one is the Morro Bay um, uh, Power Facility that has been... Mop, uh, that has been... Utility facility that has been mothballed. So they are hoping to bring in cables through a corridor that would bring in the electricity uh, into the grid. That happens to be at the northern end of this Chumash Marine Sanctuary proposed boundary area. Uh-huh. And the issue that has developed is that some people say, uh, where should the boundary go to allow for those cables to come in? You could have it snap back afterwards, after the cables are put in. You could provide a corridor in the boundaries so that the cables could be brought in. Uh There's a number of things that can be done. And right now, the federal government has been taking input as to all the the concerns and the options and creative solutions that have been put forward. And I believe that the federal government is going to do a great job of taking all that input and coming up with a win-win-win that allows allows them to have the best boundaries uh, for the federal Chumash Marine Sanctuary, as well as allow the offshore wind projects to proceed. I think they're on the cusp of coming up with a win-win. Well, sure. And um, the, the, the legislation, though, to create it, um, has there been any uh, discussion about creating it in such a, a way that the legislation allows the um, cables from those... Uh, particular, uh, well, and there might be other leases in the future uh, from 
from uh, wind turbine generation to come through the sanctuary to uh, connect to the grid onshore at, say, uh, Diablo Canyon or at Morro Bay? These are administrative processes that Ah. don't require additional uh, legislative action that I am aware of. So we are pursuing um, and working with, uh, you know, the Chumash, in this case, this would be the first uh, national marine sanctuary that would be co-managed by an indigenous tribe and, and surrounding a federally recognized tribe and other groups would be able to participate as well. Uh, but I believe that, again, the federal government is, will now come up with a response to all the concerns and solutions and input provided as to how the boundaries should be aligned for the Chumash Marine Sanctuary. And it will take into consideration how to allow for the cable or the corridor for the cables for the offshore wind facilities and projects to be able to work as well. I think it's going to be a win-win. I think uh, that will be achieved. Well, good. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. That, that was one of the concerns that uh, I know I had when I saw the maps of the proposed sanctuary and uh, having researched some of the uh, sanctuary law previously. The, the, uh, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was what, with all the dysfunction going on, what's the status of uh, the bipartisan infrastructure law as it uh, relates to the Central Coast, have you been able to uh, work on getting more of those benefits to uh, communities from uh, Vandenberg to uh, to Atascadero? Absolutely. Let me let me give you some examples. First of all, uh, you know that this this law is providing for lots of jobs in our communities and the Central Coast. To date, that law has brought half a billion dollars, $550 million to the Central Coast. Uh, for example, $200 million for roads, bridges, and highways, $14.8 million for airport upgrades, $49 million for drinking water projects, $26 million to plug orphan oil wells, uh, and that's just some of the money. There's other millions of dollars that have come in for public transit, Uh, And today I learned that $8 million more have uh, a grant has been provided to the state of California at the Caltrans for um, wildlife conservation corridors uh, off of Gaviota, uh, Gaviota Pass. So Mm -hmm. the money is flowing, the money is coming in to improve the lives and the infrastructure of uh, Central Coast residents, and in the process, many jobs are being created and contributing to the economy. Now, when President Biden talks about it, he always talks about it as union jobs being created. Are, uh, are there any yes. parts of the infrastructure bill that, uh, that uh, mandate that? Absolutely. It, it mandates Davis-Bacon uh, jobs and PLA, Project Labor Agreement. Uh, it does a lot to ensure that uh, working men and women oh, that uh, are part of the trades and various uh, labor groups are able to be front and center when it comes to the work that is being done on all these investments so that, again, we keep it here in America, we buy America, American as best as we can, and we contribute to our local economy. Are there, are there any specific uh, projects that have benefited, uh, say, the city of San Luis Obispo or uh, Morro Bay? Or Absolutely. Let me tell you a little bit about that. 
$23 million have gone for clean water projects in Pismo Beach and Morro Bay. Okay. $7 million for 101 repairs near Atascadero. $5 million for the 101 repairs between Santa Barbara and Slow. $4 million for transit operations in Slow. $4.6 million for Slow County Regional Airport. $110 million for Oceano Airport. $2 million for the Bob Jones Trail Gap. $320,000 for Slow Safe Street Action Plan. $199,000 for erosion in Pismo Beach. And $22,000 for dredging at Port San Luis. And 23000 for dredging at Morro Bay. That's just to name a few. Well, that's, that's, a, that's wonderful. We, uh, we need all of that dredging, for instance. And, uh, and, and I imagine the, uh, the folks in Oceano are very grateful for the money to uh, repair the airport. Uh, that's an incredible, um, well, it, it boosts their economy a whole heck of a lot. The other thing that I was curious about, I know you had uh, a recent initiative to try to expand veterans' housing. Uh, what, what's that? When, when is that going to come to fruition? Well, right now it's uh, in the Veterans uh, Committee, and we hope to uh, uh, ultimately bring it to the floor. Uh, we, what this bill would do is, it, right now, veteran disability compensation, those that have been injured in their service or in combat, that are getting disability compensation, the IRS doesn't count it for tax purposes. But for HUD uh, qualifying programs, housing qualifying programs, it is counted. Really? So, so as a result, many veterans can't qualify. They're just on the cusp of, of over the limit, but they can't qualify for certain homes or certain home projects or, or housing options. So what my bill would do, it's called Home for the Brave Act, it would make disability compensation non-countable when considered for qualifying for housing programs, just like the IRS currently does. It doesn't count it as income. <laughs> That's one of those things where there's a disconnect in the, uh, in the statutes, isn't there? All right. Well, we're coming up on a hard break again, folks. So be sure and stay tuned after these important ads. We're talking with your congressman, Salute Carpal. 